Australia Nut, episode 52. And then I look at that for seven seconds. On all of these three charts, I just look at it without brain at all. <laughs> you just look at it for seven seconds. And if you, I don't see anything, that's it. Moving on. No trade. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders? Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Trading Up podcast. It does remind me of my old podcast, 52 Traders, where I wanted to interview 52 guys or one a week for a year. It took a little bit longer than a year, and this 52nd episode has taken a little bit longer than a year as well. So the Trading Up podcast has been going for just over a year, probably about a year and a month, I think. And it does make me take stock, sit back, and have a look at how things are going. What I notice is that I'm nowhere near where I was with the 52 Traders podcast with Trading Nut. The irony is, I think it's better. I think the content is actually uh, better, the guests are better, the um, the experience that I'm bringing as a podcaster is better, but for whatever reason, just the numbers aren't there, and I'm not too sure why. I think it could be the fact that the podcast space has just been inundated at the moment with everyone doing a podcast. I mean, I'm starting up another podcast just in a different niche, which I'll tell you about when it goes live in the next week or so. Uh, but yeah, look, it's it's becoming more competitive. Now, I, I, which means I need to look at the numbers a bit more closely and see what's going on and see if this thing is viable, viable to keep going even. So guys, I need your help. I need your help to get the word out there about the Trading Up podcast. Look, this is great free content that you can post in your Telegram, WhatsApp, forums, anything you belong to, anything you are a member of, an active member of, um, and regularly, when these episodes come out, just post them. Post it. They're great free content for anyone who's into trading. You'll get to learn not just about that trader and their journey, but obviously about you know how they approach the market from a more technical point of view, technical analysis. We've got stock traders, we've got forex traders, we've got futures traders. Um, all these episodes are great to share on your channels, social networks, etc., trading groups, whatever it is. So I need your help in that space, and I need your help on the apps as well. So I and I need your help because I'm looking to get a sponsor on board, and I, if I don't get a sponsor, then it puts the podcast in jeopardy. So guys. I need your help to put reviews up on the app that you're listening to it on. So if it's on Apple, put a review up. If it's on uh, whatever, CastBox or Spotify, whatever it is, put a review up. Subscribe to the podcast. All the stuff gets these numbers going. So guys, if you can do that for me, that will be a massive help. And keep this podcast and these episodes coming to you um, every week uh, without fail. So guys, Coming up on the show, we've got Mario Hannenberger. Now, another interesting, slightly different episode from what I normally have because Mario is, he's not one of these typical uh, trading educators that I get on or or a speaker or anyone of that nature. He actually runs a trading prop firm and very unique trading prop firm that is. Uh, in fact, so unique that I, I want to get him on for a webinar. So 
to talk through the prop firm, but also talk about his trading. So guys, if you are interested in a webinar with Mario later on, please head over to his show notes page and you'll find a, a link to subscribe to the webinar. Hopefully, if you do it in time, just when you listen to this, jump over there, tradingnut.com and hunt around for it. It should be there. If not, hit me up and I'll let you know what the story is. Uh, so yeah, he's, it's a very unique inter- uh, interview. We We go through the questions, but sort of, awkwardly jump between questions and and it's just different and i think it's different because mario is trading live whilst i'm interviewing him and he's day trading which means he's in and out he's got a unique money management uh, approach which we do see in a video that we shot after the interview Uh, the video unfortunately got cut short because my whole computer just fell down uh, turned off and um, the video got cut short but we did capture most of it I'm going to try and get him back on and do do the rest of the video for you guys as well. So there's a nice little video. We get to see his unique take on entering a position. And I did try it myself. didn't really work for me, but I think it's because of the mindset thing. And also, uh, yeah, I just hadn't practiced it enough. Now, on that, one thing that did help me from a mindset point of view was something my mentor, Andre Stewart, Talk, uh, mentioned to another member in our chat room just last week. Now, it was this simple trick. Take your initial deposit. Aim for something that's doable from a growth point of view for you. And then bank that. Withdraw it from your account so you're back to your initial deposit. Do that a few times until you've made up that initial deposit. And then you can start to sort of go on from there. Now, I've come up with a way that I'm going to go on from there. But this has, seems to have worked for me. So... <laughs> I, I managed to do the, my first target and bank it within three days. Then I did my second one within one day. So now I'm about 80% towards meeting my initial deposit, which means once I've done that, well, no, I'm actually going to try and double my initial deposit by doing this method and then start trading with that doubled de- initial deposit. And that means my initial initial deposit is now locked away and I don't need to touch it. And I'm going to try and rinse and repeat that ongoing. If you want a bit more detail, jump into my Telegram group and I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Um, But it does seem to have worked because usually I'd grow my account, keep growing it, keep growing it, and then have one day where I'd just have a mind um, meltdown and destroy the majority of it. So guys, little tip for the day. Now, let's get into this interview with Mario. It's a fantastic wee interview this guy's a professional forex trader and runs his own prop trading firm. So let's hear it. Welcome, Mario. Righty ho, folks. We've got Mario Hennenberger here. He's a full-time forex trader. Uh, reached out to me after somebody mentioned the podcast. So so glad to get you on, Mario. How are things over there in Bangkok? Yeah, yeah. Everything is great. It's a little bit rainy, but uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's still about 30 degrees, so it's not, not really much to worry about. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit rainy as well. It's um, about 13 degrees, if I'm lucky. Uh, not quite as good. Oh, okay. Kind of a difference. <laughs> yeah, and we're talking centigrade here for all those folks in the in the US. Um, so so we've got you on the show, which is great. I know you run a, a Discord forum as well, which I happen to be a member of, uh, just by coincidence. And uh, after somebody reached out, it was good to see that you, you were keen to come on the show and share your years of wisdom and it sounds like you've got a number of years under your belt with the with the audience so let's get underway with finding out a bit about you how you got started in trading and your sort of journey today and i'll jump in with a few questions here and there 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, how did I start? This is actually a, a good question because I cannot really answer that. <laughs> um, I mean, I can, but um, like I, I um, while I was still studying for electronic engineering, I, I run a BBS system, you know, like pre-internet stuff <laughs> um, where you have to dial up and talk with people. And then um, so this topic came up about trading stocks. This was completely um, stock related. And then I found some people that actually traded um, on the um, um, oh now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, in Chicago, um, commodities most mostly um, coffee, um, um, juice, and stuff stuff like that. Grain most mostly. And then that's where where I came in because I had some. You have some physical. Um, not physical, like there, like there is some real uh, reality behind it because you're trading stuff that's actually there. Farmers make make it, mm. so you, you can grasp it in, in some way. Because I had never had really a, a connection to stocks, and that's where how I basically started to trade. But this um, this was completely different. Uh, there was no charting. Um, I mean, there was charting, but it's not like not like the internet, you just download some software and then you get your your, your charts. Well, what I did back then was completely different. I actually called the broker twice a day and I made point and figure charts on this uh, math paper you use in high school to do mathematics. That was my first experience about uh, charting, basically. So in the in my evening, because I was back then in Germany, I I called the broker and placed the orders. And these orders, they had basically like half a day slippage because they're going to execute it at the next day. God, incredible that stuff! Was, eh? That was kind of interesting journey, comparing it to today, where people just getting crazy because they're having like two pips slippage in in forex. <laughs> And I just said, dude, like I had half a day slippage and I didn't care. <laughs> this is just about how you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, then there was a, I had a very, very large loss on a grain trade, but um, I, don't, I forgot already when that was. Um, there was some stormy thing in, in Russia, wiped out like major part of crops. And I was, um, I could not get out of the position because in, uh, um, in Chicago, they have a, a, a trading limit, and this limit was hit like a week in a row. On and I was in that trade. I could there was there was just nobody want to buy my stuff. I had like a forty five thousand dollar loss that was basically um, eliminated me. Wow. So I stopped trading like like for um, a few years basically, and then I came back to. Um, um, to online trading after that, after shortly after I moved to Thailand. And um, yeah, I got back into the fever again. And in 2011, I, I founded my company in Singapore uh, for tax reasons mostly and to be more on the safe side. Um, so yeah, how to say that? Yeah, I, I trade basically for my company in the name of my company. But I'm the hundred uh, percent of uh, the owner. This is just for security for myself, basically, and uh, for tax reasons. Um, but this developed pretty fast, 
and um, now I'm running a private equity fund uh, where basically um, a lot of people uh, contribute to the to the equity and I'm paying a fixed interest rate to everybody regardless of the performance. Uh, the reason for that is uh, mainly uh, uh, to go against the conflict of interest which is really really widely out there so there's so many black sheep and my main goal is also for the company um, to not do anything that will serve that uh, conflict of interest so if there's no win-win it's not gonna be done that's basically what, what the main philosophy of the company it's interesting actually because uh, the guy I had on the show oh, actually I was interviewing him a couple of hours ago it'll it'll be an interview that comes out in a few weeks uh, but uh, or it has come out already he was telling me about interactive brokers and how they actually pay interest on on the deposit and I don't know of that many other well in any, any of the brokers that I use in the in the forex space I, I haven't heard of them any haven't heard of any of them paying interest on deposits that are sitting there so the fact that you're paying fixed interest on on uh, this private equity private equity fund is is quite admirable yeah well it's kind of risky for me but like i said it's um it's either win-win for everybody or it's not gonna gonna happen that's basically what uh what i do um the idea is pretty simple um there's a, a large gap in uh, in the actually traded equity and in the investment uh, on the investment side, so the system serves both ends because we do uh, property trading as well, and um, so the exposure is always limited to a very very small portion of that. So even if there are several accounts will be blown out in a black swan event or something like that, um, that would not have any effect on anybody who has money. In, in the system, that's that's basically the, the idea. The downside is the reward is not very good, but the upside is I can sleep at night, basically. Yes, indeed, indeed. And so, look, let's dive back into your journey. So you sort of seem to make this um, leap from you know having a bad loss, taking a break, jumping back into into currency and or well, online trading at, at the time and. Things just started going well. I mean, what what did you do differently the second time around? Um, nothing actually. I I did uh, what everybody did. Downloaded a software. Um, first, it was web based. Go into binary options and all this. So I went all down all the rabbit holes. Basically, I blow a lot of accounts. I blow a lot of money away. And um, so I learned the hard way, just like everybody else basically and um, well back then um, the trading um, especially with commodities this was all cash based well it's not really cash based you you have some sort of credit with the clearance but um, well you have to pay uh, what you what you order in cash there's basically no leverage and um, the leverage is actually that what is the only thing that's really different and the next thing what is different is um, it's more or less um, technical. Not There's very little fundamentals com- coming to it if you do day trading. Um, yeah, so I I traded uh, like some demo accounts. Okay, I can do that. This is very easy. I'm going to be rich in like next week or something like that. Um, that didn't work out. 
have, I, I think, seven accounts I blew in a row. And, um, and then I start to think, okay, this is going to get, a, this is going to be a very, very expensive. And um, I have to figure out what's, what, what is wrong. And basically what's wrong is, was uh, money management. This comes basically down to money management. That's also what I keep telling people. You, you can make money flipping coins. I mean, this sounds stupid or it sounds not real, but it is because it's all just a numbers game and you have to realize that. And if you do, that's, the, that's the, when you start making money. And what's the what was the big secret with money management? Because it's actually come up and probably oh, well, like somebody said that it was the holy grail. That was the holy grail. So it sounds like it is. I mean, what what was the big aha moment for you around money management? Well, what I keep saying, and this is also kind of our slogan in the Discord and on the website. Um, I keep telling people it's like, it's like somebody joins new and they're asking the standard question. I just say we lose money professionally. So it's the the bottom line is don't focus on profits. Always focus on your losses because making money is easy. You don't need help to make money. You just watch the price go up and you take profit at some point. That's it. There's nothing you have to do to make that happen. I mean, you just wait it until take profit happens or the level happens where you exit the position or whatever. But there's nothing you have to do mentally or physically or whatever to to reach that. But if you're in a loss, you have to make sure you're not doing anything wrong. This is where the work starts, when your positions go wrong. And this is what you have to master. That's why I keep saying lose money professionally. Because making money is easy. Keeping the money is hard. And so, from a from a managing, the, I mean, is it is it managing money or is it managing emotions whilst you're in a drawdown? What's what's the what are we talking about here? Um, technically, it's managing money, but it's more like managing emotions. And I have a, um, I don't want to brag, but I have a pretty solid way of doing that um, by removing everything that is related to money. I mean, to financial, like to financial. Um, I have I don't see a dollar amount like I'm in a trade right now and um, I don't see how much I'm in profit or I'm in loss at all I only see the chart I see my average price and I see uh, where my um, well my limit um, loss does occur well it's not not actually true it's where I'm getting close to my limit let's put it that way Okay. And you don't even see actual price once you're in a trade. Is that what you're saying? You see sort of an average of price or the or the moving average, for example? Uh, no, no. I mean uh, the average price of my position because uh, the position I'm in right now, let me just have a look. Um, the position I'm in right now has 11 um, positions. So it's it's one trade. Ah, uh, right. I, I had one idea, but I scaled in 11, uh, nine, uh, nine times. I had two limit orders. Before them, before Tokyo opens, and I scaled in nine times. I have a total of eleven positions, and all I see is a very tiny green line on my chart where my average price is. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because 
if you see the individual uh, lines like on metatrader or on most of the platform yes you have a horizontal line and then uh, let's just assume your your trade doesn't work out and then and then you start making uh, exiting positions because they are green so let's just exit this this one position break even so it's going to make you feel better but this is this is very very bad to do Because you're gonna make your 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 entry and exit decisions based on the color of your of the number you see on your on your position uh, on your position list or uh, either if it's positive or negative. So this is where the psychology comes in, and I remove that completely by not seeing these positions at all. And so, so in terms of like, say you only got one position on, or do, is it never a case where you've just got one position on? How does it work? Then? Almost never. Almost, Almost never the case that I have one position on, but uh, yeah, let's just assume um, I make one one trade. There's one position. This will be the same. The the average price is then exactly at where this position is. Right. Because there's nothing to average. It's just one one order. So so you so you uh, you discovered somehow that money management was the key, and obviously controlling your emotions around that was key as well so can you elaborate a bit more on on how that sort of came to fruition for you um well i i I basically cheating myself by uh, um taking small winners and taking and having large losses as example i i'm pretty sure everybody did that or does that um this is just humans you cannot really avoid that that's my excuse <laughs> um so bottom line is that you you always try to make yourself feel better by having a, a position that actually makes your profit but over the long term or even over the day there will be one loss which even you manage your money properly like you have your maximum loss and if this maximum loss occurs it will wipe out all your small gains. And so that's so that is and it is that considered success for you in terms of like so if you have all these small gains and you have a massive loss it wipes it all out. Is that what you're saying's okay into professional? Oh no, no, that's that's what I that's what I meant about ah. um um about not having uh, psychology or getting into that. So that's why I don't actually see how much money I'm gonna make. Like I see the position right now. I'm watching it while we're talking, and um, it's over the average price. The setup is still valid, and uh, it's going to the break-even level. And even now, while we're talking, I'm having the thought of closing the position just to get rid of it. Well, now I have a real reason because we we're talking, but um, um, the setup will fail while I'm still in a loss. Uh, no, no, sorry. The setup will fail while I'm in a loss, but this is not always the case. Um, sometimes the setup fail while I'm still in profit. But this cannot be your base of making this decision if the number is green or if the number is red. It's just the price didn't move. I mean, it's it's wedging up. So everything, if we, if we t- talk an hour, the setup will fail while I'm in profit. But if I exit the position now, break even, it would be just stupid, basically. So, so, um, so you realized back in the day that you know money management was was a massive part of this, and 
in a way the the one big thing that you you had to get right i mean what to get to where you are now which sounds like you've got quite a sophisticated way of doing it i mean were there baby steps along the way um well i changed my trading from swing trading to um uh, day trading but i'm still a swing trader um so nothing basically has changed the, the time frame is just a lot smaller and uh if you have a lot of positions um during the day then your volatility goes up pretty um uh, severe and then you can you can basically um, if your if your emotions come in you can basically blow out in a single day or at least like, let's just say rem- lose like six months of your profit in a single day maybe even in an hour yeah if you go down that that rabbit hole and that i learned several times pretty seriously um so that basically made me change that and so so like what would what was the first thing or improvement you made with around your money management um Scaling in, I know that sounds very, very um, okay. That's on the profit side. Should we stick to the losses first? Well, maybe yeah. What well, yeah? The sort of the you stick to the losses first, then we can talk about the profits after. Yeah. Um, well, you have to be strict about yourself, and then um, find a place where you're wrong. That's what you have to do. Like, um, and then. Uh, Oh, no, no, let me just start over. Um, you have to do the job. Being a trader is like you're running a small company. And this, uh, like every company, there are m- more functions to it. Like you have your accounting and your management and uh, the execution, like like the labor, like the people who actually um, do, um, do the stuff. And you have to split that into this um, two parts, three parts. Let's just skip the management part. And um, do um, like do you have your the boss in the on the factory floor, which is the analyst in the in the forex market or in the in in all financial markets? So you open your charts and you're making a decision like this is something I'm gonna buy, and then you mark out your area where the places, the price levels or trend lines, or however you do it, it doesn't really matter uh, where you're wrong and where you're gonna take profit. So like the, in the conventional sense, people say, okay, here's going to be my stop loss and here's going to be my take profit. And that's where the job of the analyst simply ends. And uh, like, like um, to put it in, uh, uh, to make it visual, you put this, this prices on a piece of paper, but it's only two numbers. This is the price where your stop loss is and the price where you take profit is. There is no entry because the analyst it's not the analyst's job to decide where you enter. This is the trader's job. So you give this this uh, order to the trader. Well, you are the same person, but you, you're becoming the trader. Um, the risk-reward doesn't matter anymore at this point because now you open the charts and you have to find a place where what the analyst said before makes actually sense. So you have to find a good entry, basically. And your playground is between these two prices or these two trend lines the analyst told you before. And the trader's job is then to put at mu- put as much size as possible between taking profit and your stop loss values or ranges or whatever. 
So and this is actually what made the breakthrough, the big breakthrough to to split these two jobs into no to split this ta- these things. This um, I don't know how to say it. Sorry. Um, operation to make two. Yeah, to split the operation into two jobs, basically. So you have the analyst. You say, okay, we have a range that's going from from one two three to one one five nine or whatever. But the analyst doesn't say you you're stopping out at this price prices. The analysts just say if the price is hit, if your if your bottom range is hit, the job is over. It doesn't make mon- It doesn't matter if you made money or not. I mean, we we are wrong. The the um, this mission is is over when when this price is is being hit. So and then you become the trader. You're just executing. You're just being a dumb person who executes. And your job is to put as much meat as possible between now and the stop loss level. And that's where scaling in actually comes into place. But this is on the winning side. And so, when you say as much meat as possible, what what do you mean by that? Well, if I show you the charts later, you're gonna see there is a major difference between sizing on a small range. You can you can make like three times the money you make if you scale in properly. Let's just say, okay, like let's say the price is in the middle of of the range, like the the analyst job said, okay, we have a nice range. This is going to play out to the upside. So the, the bias is to buy it. And then you become the trader. And then you see, okay, the, the indices are uh, opening um, weak. So we're just going to wait until the price drops to the uh, more towards to, my, to the bottom of the range, which is in the conventional sense, you stop. So what I'm basically saying, you have to enter as close as possible to your stop. Ah, yep. Yep, okay. And this is actually what most people do wrong. Like they they make the they analyze the situation and let, let's just say let's we are um two thirds up and one third down. So they 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 enter right now, which is not wrong. I do that too. Um you enter right now because it looks good. And then you have your stop and you have your maximum loss occurring at this stop and this is where things go wrong. I mean, it's not wrong doing it. It's just not really a very sufficient way to make money. I do that too. Like I see, okay, this is a really good setup. I'm going to buy it right now. But the position will be so small, it will be make it will have zero impact. Okay, cool. Well, look, because I'm, I'm going to wait until the price is going to go down and then I'm going to start scaling in. And this is where things get very, very, uh, where what I do is going against what everybody is teaching and preaching, scaling in in a loss. This is the key to make money. Ah, right. So so the key, so sorry, I'm finally with you. So you're saying the key to making money is scaling in in a loss? Yes. Ah. But, But there's a difference in doubling down until you go green and scaling in to get yourself in a, into a better uh, price to get yourself a better price i have actually tried that in the past and um to really good effect at points until i didn't stop scaling in in a loss and i didn't have a maximum get out clause 
It was like just carry on until you essentially just destroy yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And this then, is, then, is, I, then I stopped like, doing it. Yeah, suicide. Yeah. So you're saying that that's that was the strategy that that essentially sort of got you moving forward in in terms of your progress. Yes, that that was day and night difference. Because I stopped, I uh, well, I skipped uh, the the process into two parts: analyze the situa- situation and uh, executing on it. And the execution job is just put as much size as you can between now and the stop. Like I said before, you have to worry about your stops, uh, about your being wrong, and not about being right. Because being right is easy; you just wait. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that because I, I was actually there was something I was doing. I was doing it recently, um, where I was had a I had yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was sort of doing it recently, and I stopped doing it. So say I had like one, whatever lot to to trade. Um, I would then go well. Here are the levels that I think between here and my stop that my one lot would be that I could distribute my one one lot up into like you know say point two lots, and so maybe have five different um, one lot divided by you know, sorry point two lot trade entries sitting there between my entry and well, what was my entry and my stop loss. With the last one, the loss was obviously going to be quite small. But the first one, the loss would be bigger. But had if all five hit and went into profit, then happy days. If all five hit and went to loss, I wasn't losing the full position. I was losing part of it. Is that is that the theory? Yeah, but all you have to do is turn it around. You enter first small, and your position gets bigger the more it's the closer it gets to the stop. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Ah, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there is a reason for that. Let's just assume you um, you have a 10-pip stop, whatever. 10 pips is actually quite far for me. I'm going to show you later. Um, let's say we have a 10-pip stop and you are, you are, because of your money management, you can put on one lot right now at a 10-pip stop. So let's just say you buy like 0.25 instead of, instead of one lot. Now let's just say you buy half a lot just for the sake of this example. Yeah. And then price drops five pips. And then you can buy another full lot because the distance to your stop is only five pips for this position, for this scaling. Yeah. So if, if the, you're not wrong, you're just half the way to being wrong. So it's, this is what you have to overcome. You're in a loss, but uh, your setup is still valid. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. So if you buy now, let's let's just say you're half the way to the stop, and you buy, you basically, um, you buy another lot on on this point because if this one lot gets stopped out, it will ha- have half the. It will no. It will have same the same loss as the half lot you bought bought before, because it's double the position. It travels half the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so basically, it's just saying that. You know, yeah, I can see what you mean. I can see how it works. So, you're still going to lose the same amount of money, but yeah, right. But but if the if the position goes into profit, because 
just because the original entry is in a loss, that doesn't mean it's gonna go bad. It's just how the markets work. But if it go, if you goes in a if it goes in a profit, two things gonna happen. Number one, you're gonna have a 150% of your original position because you before you the analysts say you buy one lot, but the trader bought one and a half at the same risk. So you have 100% of your original uh, size on. And the second thing is, um, the one lot you bought before is going to travel longer in profit because you bought it five pips down. Mm. And this too will have a massive impact on the winning side, but you maintain the same uh, risk monetary. And is there is there any point at which you wouldn't put an extra order in? Like, say, for example, on that ten pip example, you got to you know seven seven pips in drawdown. Would you be placing an entry at that far? You know, that close to your stop loss. Uh, yeah, I usually do, but um, yeah, yeah, this is kind of where things are getting a bit uh, of a art. Like you, you have a feeling about how the markets move, and and then okay, this is gonna go, it's gonna retest this level. I'm pretty sure about it. So you're not gonna scale in that much on the way down. You're just placing a few limit orders on some logical places, <clears throat> and um, have them execute. Basically, so yeah. if price turns before, then oh, whatever is shit happens <laughs> basically, but. Uh, um, but you're still going to be in a better position on the way up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And so, so what about? Um, I'm just and being devil's advocate again. Uh, what about if, for example, most of your trades are sniper entries and don't go into a lot of drawdown, and so you're sort of second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, however many entries you were going to have, didn't trigger, and you know you have you end up having like you know ten winners. And then uh, you get a, you know, get one loss. Will that loss potentially wipe out the winners because you've put a lot more at risk? No. The risk is always the same. I mean, monetary. And the positions look, your deal map going to look terrible. Your statistics, I mean, if you're crazy about my FX book and all this kind of stuff, this will look terrible. I can promise you that. <laughs> Because you're gonna have so many losing trades. Like if you scale in, like like I like I said, I scaled in nine times on the, on this position. If this position gets stopped out, and I'm gonna have a new trade with just one winning position, but the same money management rules apply, I'm gonna have a very very bad um, uh, ratio about my uh, winning and losing trades. Okay, and th- money in the end, and uh, you're gonna pay. You have to pay your bills, and not making people happier, looking at your stats. What I might do, or what we might do, is we'll, I think afterwards we'll jump on, and maybe you can give us some sort of demonstration as to how this looks on the on the chart as well, and we can really get a good feel for it. I think it's been fascinating, and we, I'm glad we got to this point where we could uh, unpick this. Um, I've got a ton of other questions to go through, though. I'm afraid so. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> veer off this subject, uh, which we've done to death, and and move on. So, uh, do you want to talk through what instruments you're trading these days? Um, since the last three years, well, maybe longer, I trade um, 
Australian, Australian dollar, Japanese yen, and Singapore dollar most of the time. A little bit of pound, like right now I'm in pound yen, but this is gonna break, gonna fail. It just went below reverb, so it's, it's gonna go down. But um, yeah, that's the majority. I avoid trading the US session entirely. Oh, that's interesting. Why is that? Because it's just noise with a lot of volatility. And volatility, this is also something I keep praising and like 99% of all the people's going to say this is nonsense, but volatility doesn't make you money. It's just feeding your ego if you have like 100 pips. Also, counting pips doesn't make you money. Right, right. The money management makes you money. Is that right? Uh, no, no. Um, I mean about volatility. Oh. If you, like, if I enter in the Asian session on on, our, let's just make a real example, like Australian dollar, Japanese yen. If I'm trade a reverb reversal on Australian dollar, Japanese yen, I have maybe have a one, maybe one point five pip stop. So. And then people say this is not possible, but it is. But I'm going to show you later. Um, and then I exit the trade maybe with a six pip profit, but this is a one to six risk reward. It's going to look bad on Instagram. I can promise you that. But uh, <laughs> but I'm I made like like two grand in five minutes. So what's the point of making two hundred pips? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. Um, okay, well, let's we'll use that. We'll have that example on the on the video as well. Um, right. What about so instruments? You given those, us those. So I mean, okay. So what about then? I mean, can you even do you even have a winning percentage that you know of, or because of all these orders and the money management, it's it's too hard to ascertain. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, do you, uh, winning percentage, like if someone said, oh, what's your winning percentage, what would your, your response be? You mean the, the the ratio about my winning trades? It's yeah. pretty low. It's about between 46 and 50, 59, 58, something like that percent. And what about if risk to reward ratio? So when you're looking at, you just talked about one pip uh, stop, six pip profit. What about risk to reward? Yeah, so I, can, I can have like 10 losers in a row and still making money at the end of the day. Okay. Because of that. This, this, the market structure defines the where, where I'm going to take profit and I don't really care what the ratio. Like I said before, um, the analyst decides, okay, this is something we're going to buy today and then I'm just going to do that. <laughs> That's it. And if there are three setups in this buy scenario, I'm going to trade all of them. Okay. Uh, and and so, how how do, how many trades a day are you looking at taking? Uh, it's varies between let's say two and five. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes yeah, uh, yeah. Let's average around three. three I mean trades. trades like setups, not setups. Not yeah, trades. setups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so how how do you deal with the like three trades over how long? How long are you sitting at the chart for? Yeah, that's kind of a problem because I have an ego too and I don't like to lose money. So usually, um, if my idea works out, 
then I enter the position and I take profit like 30 minutes later. But if it doesn't, it can take all day or longer because I don't like to lose. But um, yeah, this is something I have to stop doing, honestly. <laughs> like well, right now, pound yen is below the VWAP now. Uh, it's not lost, but this is considered already a, a bad trade because my, my rules say if the price below the VWAP, I'm going to sell it, but I'm still buying it. 2.6 below, actually. So while we're talking, I'm looking at this chart and I'm having a um, chart of um, US dollar, uh, um, dollar uh, pound, pound dollar, sorry, and um, the Nikkei index. And this is, looks like it's going to go down pretty solid. Okay, well, let's... Actually, let's... I already had a sell signal on this, on this, uh, on pound yen, but I'm still in the position. So this is something you should not do. <laughs> so well, maybe we can play out where, where this ends up by the end of the show. I don't know if it's going to uh, if we're going to last. But um, so, how does your how does your typical trading day look? Um, yeah, there's something about the um, analyst part. I will uh, quickly go into. Um, humans are very good in pattern recognition. Like what, again, what everybody is preaching is basically wrong because if you look long enough, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to say everybody is wrong. I just mean it's being, the interpretation is most of the time wrong. Um, humans are extremely good in recognizing patterns. So you open any chart of any asset, it doesn't really matter what it is, and at some point you're going to recognize something worth trading. And this is also something that changed my trading dramatically by having a seven-second rule. I mean, it's seven seconds for me, but for somebody else, it's maybe longer or shorter. But that's what I do. Um, I open the, uh, I have a one uh, dedicated monitor where I can see all the assets I'm trading. There are very tiny charts, and all I see is the price and the VWAP because I trade VWAP reversals. Um, they, they show about 150 candles, something like that. So it's very, very, um, um, the, the range of information is very small. I just see, okay, there is going to be a setup in a minute. And then I open it on my trading chart, uh, on my trading screen, where I see simultaneously the four-hour chart, the 30-minute chart, and the three-minute chart. And then I look at that for seven seconds. On all of these three charts, I just look at it without brain at all. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like You just look at it for seven seconds, and if you, I don't see anything, that's it. Moving on. No trade. Ah, okay. Because if you look longer at it, you will find something that is worth trading, but it's actually not. It's just you doing what humans doing perfectly is pattern recognition. If you look long enough at something, you're going to find something. <laughs> because yeah. you want to find something. I mean, I don't, I don't, this is actually very tricky because you're not wrong. The pattern is really there. It's just not going to work out because um, there's some other factors coming to it. And this is where it's going to get tricky because what I'm saying makes no sense. You look like an hour on something and there's the perfect head and shoulders. You, you figure it out after looking at an hour on it. 
you make like a thousand trend lines and then oh there it is why i didn't see that for earlier and uh it just doesn't gonna work i mean this is my experience but if you open a chart you see the three time the three major time frames the two major time frames 30 minutes and four hours or whatever it is for you and then okay this is this looks really good and then you go to the three minute chart and you find a good entry to actually trade it It makes a lot of sense, actually, because there is often times that even myself, I'll get stuck on a chart, and then it's like, why am I not moving to the other charts to have a look to see what other, you know, are there is there a better opportunity, or getting stuck early on when I'm going through a whole bunch of charts, and and then not giving the, I suppose, finding something early on. And then later on, when I've you know gone through maybe twenty pairs or whatever, it's like now I can't find anything. Now I'm being really picky, and it's like well, the stuff I picked originally was actually not even that good, but it was just that sort of fear of missing out creeping in. So that's is that your seven second rule sort of summed up? Yeah, yeah, basically that's what I do. So I my mon- my monitor screen only shows me the setups, but I don't know if they're worth it. So I just see, okay, price comes close to the VWAP. That's my strategy. We're going to get into that later. But um, that's that's my trigger. Price comes to the VWAP, and I'm going to trade the reversal. So I I can see that on my monitor. And then I just open the asset, and I see, okay, this looks like a a bullish reversal on on whatever, Australian dollar, Japanese yen. And then I open it, I see the 30-minute chart, the four-hour chart, and, okay, there's major resistance, so there's no point of buying that. That's it, end of story, moving on. Well, and so I basically to... find find reasons to exit the trade. Um, so all everything is shifted to the negative side. Let me just add that, add to that because that that adds to the to what we spoke before about losing money professionally and not making money. So everything is on the negative side. I am. I try to control my losses, and I tr- I try to find to talk myself out of positions. That that's um, not only on entering a trade that's also when i'm in the trade like right now pound yen my position is green or no, not anymore but uh, my position is green it's right on top of the reverb and uh, while we're talking i'm actually waiting for it to go just a little bit higher so i can have a break even exit and this is bad this is something you don't do i'm supposed to press the button now with the eight dollar loss but i don't want to take this eight dollar loss and that's why I don't press the button. And this is something very bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it right now while we're talking about this. <laughs> the price is now below the support, below the previous support, where my level is, where I'm not going to trade. But it's just cross the reverb. It's plus 0.5 pips reverb. So, and this is pound yen. This is a volatile pair. This is probably going to go down from this point. And this is actually a very good exit. But I'm now I'm thirteen dollars in profit, and I'm still not pressed the button. And so you're, no you're actually in profit, but you don't want to take the break-even profit. Yeah, now twenty dollars, like, like as we speak. But I don't take the profit because I still have hope it's going to go up, and my original setup going to work out. But if you look at cable, it's already like ten pips below VWAP. This is a very very bad setup right now. But so, um, this is a good scenario. example because we, we're talking about managing properly 
and I'm don't don't I'm not doing it. <laughs> and do you think? Uh, do you think this is quite rare? We don't get this on the show very often, where where guys are managing positions whilst they're doing the interview. But um, do you, what's your plan of attack here? Is it to 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 exit at zero? If it turns like because you already know that the position is pretty much gone, um, it's broken all your rules. Anymore. Would no, you I'm exit at zero or? Well, Sorry. it's a tough one because I'm going to show you later, but <laughs> that's okay. a tough one. <laughs> well, maybe if we can get this, get this finished, we can, um, we can, uh, we can basically get, uh, it on video and you can show us what's going on. So, so, um, now let's, yeah, let's I'm, quickly I'm, move I'm on with these questions. Cause let me just quickly, quickly do that. I have a small helper board, which I can just use average price press the play button and now now it's going to alter all my position all, all my positions uh, trading stop from the average price so this is because this this position is basically failed ah never mind i'm just gonna take profit here there we go oh, never mind <laughs> well, hopefully i'm not going to, have to do too much editing of the show <laughs> um I don't like doing the edits of the podcast. So anyway, right, let's move on, guys, because we've got tons of questions to get through, and we're we're almost out of time. Um, so what what do you think? What do you recommend somebody start doing if they're, you know, working a day job and they're a retail trader? What's their roadmap to becoming a successful trader? Um, two things: you have to find something. You have to find the holy grail. Um, I'm going to get into that in a second. And um, the second thing is you need to have enough money to do it. Um, I don't mean you're poor, you cannot trade. That's not the, not the idea. But what I mean is um, you have to be realistic about what, what, what's going to happen. If you trade with 100 bucks, there's no way you're going to make a living. And there's also no way to trade this 100 bucks to a meaningful amount to do that ever. So you have to con contribute to your trading account, basically. Like, like you said, you have a job and um, you're going to start trading with whatever. Like, yeah, a lot of people do that. They start with 100 bucks. So let's do that. And there's, there's no harm doing it. Um, but you still have to uh, follow your, your rules. And you have to follow them rather strictly, even if it's a very, very small amount. And then, and this is actually a, a major problem. Like, let's just stick to the hundred bucks. If you have a one percent drawdown rule, um, we're talking one dollar loss. And let's say you make a risk reward of one to two, so you're gonna have a two dollar profit. That's not gonna cut it. And the problem is with that, you're gonna start neglect. Uh, net, net, net well, I don't know the word. Sorry. Neglect. Yeah. Neglect. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, your risk because the money is so tiny. Like it's just gonna be one dollar. This is like one Seven Eleven coffee or whatever. So who cares? And this is actually where start, things start to go bad. So if you start trading with small money, you have to make sure you're gonna follow your rules about money management if it's one dollar 
It's one dollar. That's it. It's just a number. It doesn't matter because later, if you if you're trading with a hundred grand, it's gonna be exactly the same experience. So if you if you're basically teaching yourself to ignore this one trade because it's just one dollar, you're gonna do exactly the same if you trade with a hundred grand. And this is a yeah, this is a road to going broke. And it's, on the other, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. I was going to say, in a way, it's it's quite a good lesson because it is, even if it's a hundred dollars, it's just being disciplined, isn't it? At the end of the day, yes, yes, right, right. And then on the other side, if it's a lot of money, you have to ignore the money. Same as on the like you're trading with a hundred bucks, so one dollar is nothing. And then you think like that, okay, whatever. This is just this is no money. Why am care? Why do I care? Because you have to. This is your job as the trader, as the exec- executioner on your on your platform. This is your job. You have to care about the percentage loss you're gonna have, because later if you um, if you trade with a hundred grand, this the same thing is gonna shift, but it's gonna shift in a very very bad way. You're gonna look at your profit and loss, and you're gonna say, "Oh shit, this is my rent. This is this is my mortgage." Like. If, if you're in a big loss, like, like, like you're down 10 grand or something like that. Oh, my God, I could buy a car with that money. But you just don't have to care. Okay, if you tr- trade with 100 grand and you're down 10 grand, you're doing something fundamentally wrong. But <laughs> this, is a, uh, this is just for the sake of the example. Like you, you're always putting the money in some things you can buy. And you never, ever, ever can do that. What I said before... Don't show number numbers, I mean money at all. Don't show pips, don't show money. Pips mm. make you greedy and money make you scare scare scares you if it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I've I've moved personally moved to looking more at just the chart and ignoring everything else. And it does actually uh help a lot with the psychology aspect of it. Um now I'm gonna move on here. So Looking at a price chart, and as well mentioned, what three things would you recommend a novice or intermediate trader educate themselves on when reading a chart? So you've talked about a few indicators already. Is there anything else that you would uh, recommend somebody study? Um, Support and resistance. That's it. No indicator. And how would they um, go about studying that? Well, um, Dante said once on, uh, you know him, um, Trader Dante? Dante? He, he posted once, yeah, he, um, Tom yeah. Dante, yeah. He, uh, he posted once on Twitter, he goes uh, like about 15 years to, to oh, Trader Dante. University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dante, yeah. Dante, yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm German. Um, he posted once on Twitter, um, like, um, going to school and university for 15 years and in the, and in the end, you're just drawing fancy lines on fancy charts. But this is basically what it comes comes down to it. Finding the places where prices react. Because this is where where the risk reward kicks in, where you where you can make so much more money by knowing where price is gonna 
gonna gonna turn because you're gonna your position's gonna be so much bigger at this point <clears throat> instead of if you trust our indicator that they're usually slow well all of them are because they do some averaging and um your stop's gonna be so far away that you cannot put on some real meaningful size. So you're basically um, averaging down by waiting for confirmation. No, that's wrong. You you you're always trading an average instead of your full potential because you're waiting for confirmation. And um, that's what I recommend to everybody. Don't wait for confirmation. If you think price is going to turn here, buy it. I mean, why you doubt yourself? Why you, why are you waiting for confirmation? Sure, you're going to get run over a lot more, but this is where you talked about before. You have to be good in losing money. And if you get run over, that's where you lose money. And if you have to be good at that. You say, okay, this price, if this price holds, I'm going to buy it. So buy it there. And if it breaks and you get run over because there's some news event, some fundamental reasons, some Trump treat, whatever, it doesn't really matter. It just didn't work out. Move on. Yeah. And a, a lot of people struggle with moving on because moving on might be another day away. So they've got to sit with that loss for a whole day, which I think is... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Is, is a yeah, benefit going... from of, of somebody who does it full-time where they know that, you know... Well, I don't need to wait a whole twenty-four hours or whatever it is. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the next three hours, I'll be back on the charts again or whatever, um, with other opportunities. So yeah, it's it's something to think about if you're if you're not a full-time trader, um, <clears throat> how you're going to deal with that waiting and the patience and knowing the fact that you know you had a loss to to end the day or whatever it was. Yeah, but, uh, that's actually. Um... Like everybody says, waiting till price comes to you, blah, blah, blah. This is actually true, but I don't do that either. Like we talked before, I scale in. So if I see something that looks good, I will press the button, like right now. But I'm fully aware that the price will go against me. And uh, that this is actually something that's very good for your psychology, especially if you start trading. Like... Because like, okay, let's, let's just say you're having a setup, you're executing it right now, like everybody does that starts up trading and you, you position your stop and you position your take profit and then price goes immediately against you because it's going to test the support or something like that. And um, it's going to make you feel bad because you're going to have a red number or a negative number. And this makes you feel bad. But if you, if you, uh, place an order right now and you actually want it to go against you because you're going to buy more if it does. That's going to work positively on your psychology a lot. I mean, seriously, this is going to be the game changer. You buy something and you actually want it to go bad because if it goes bad, you're going to buy more. Mm, yeah, yep. Yeah, I've done that before and actually you are right. It's like I want it to go higher into my loss to trigger that second order because then yeah, I know yeah. that I've got, you know, I've got a bigger position going in my favor and everything still looks green. Uh, yeah. So you're right. It is, it is good for your psychology. This is a major change in, 
if you if you think like that like you place the order and then uh come on get down there i want to have this support and i'm gonna buy it big <laughs> i mean big in relation to your to, uh, um overall um risk you cannot just double down that's that's also something um you cannot do but yeah Right, I'm I'm going to dive into the the quick fire round here because we're we're knocking on the door of the hour mark. Um, it's been a an interest, very interesting interview, very unique. Um, and I know this quick fire round might pose an issue for uh, some of the with some of the answers that you want to give. But let's see how we go. Uh, first question is: How long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Um, six years. What's your mental approach to trading, and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Uh, mentally, meaning uh, psychological t- tricks or hacks or something like that. Yeah, seven second rule, and um, if you're wrong, you're wrong. Well, that's not not true either. <laughs> Sorry. Seven no, second rule is good. Seven second rule is good. Yeah, seven second rule is basically the best one because you don't sell yourself. You just see, okay, that works. Let's do it. What's your favorite entry setup? Uh, Viva reversals. What strategy? Intraday. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Uh, support and resistance. What's your recommended trading book? Um, trading for a living. It's a very old book. It's, um, let me just uh, look it up. Is that Mark Douglas? Uh, no, uh, just a second. I have it at, as on uh, Audible. Um, there it is. This is uh, Dr. Alexander Elder. Ah, oh, that was it. Yeah, I've read that. What am I saying? I've read that, yeah. It's a very old book, but um, well, the markets don't change, so this is everything is still valid, basically. If there was one thing you'd recommend any trader, retail trader, spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how could they go about mastering it? Mastering I mean technically about execution, uh, support and resistance. That's the answer to everything, basically. What's your preferred broker mm. and trading platform? Um, C Trader, with a big distance to anything else. Right after that, I think I'll swim, of course. But um, C Trader um, with uh, IC Markets. What's the worst trade you've ever had? Uh, define worst in money or in pain? Uh, pain. Pain is a grain trade, like more than 10 years ago. Could not get out for almost a week. $45,000 loss. That was the horror, pure. Because you can see prices move and you cannot get out of the position. That's the worst that can happen. <laughs> because the, the, the next part is it took a week. It's not like it's a flash crash and, oh, oh my God, I'm broke. That's it. You like rip the bandaid off. No, it took a week to happen. <laughs> this this was really terrible. 
Okay, uh, last question of the quickfire round. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, don't search for the Holy Grail. Find something that me that um, um, fits you, basically. Holy ho! Last question of the show. Uh, we'd like you to give us the bones of a trading strategy, entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame. Basically, something our listeners can have a bit of a play with at home this week. Um, yeah, my secret is reverb reversals, basically. Um, what I'm doing is, if um, you need, of course, to have the weave up indicator. Now, I'm come, now we are back to indicators. Um, I said before, I don't recommend indicators, but I have them. And um, one of my strategies is we, trading weave up reversals, um, which basically cuts down the range in half. But this is just what I do. But um, um, price comes from above back to the weave up. And I will buy it as close as possible to the reverb. If price cr- crosses below the reverb, it's just a failure. Okay, just it's a loss. It's a lost trade, and you just accept yeah. It's, that. So it's the trading the bounce from the reverb, and the reason why I'm doing that, and this is going to cause some bad um, feelings among maybe listeners. Um, the reverb prices where where you put, uh, where big people, the big boys, like they say, execute. And that's why I execute there too. Because I know that something is going to happen at this price. So my chance that it's going to, that I'm going to immediately in a profit is extremely high. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that. And that's, and that's why I'm not playing the whole range. The VWAP is usually in the middle of the range. And, um, so I'm buying there instead of waiting it to break and waiting all day it to actually yeah, uh, it to happen. I buy the reverb reversal and I exit at the nearest support and re- or resistance. Cool, brilliant. Look, we're going to jump on the uh, the YouTube video after this. So um, before we wrap up here, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, our Discord or the website uh, swingfish.trade. This is a non-profit uh, community. Everything is free there. there is, I try really hard to remove completely the conflict of interest. Um, I even pay back, uh, you know, these rebate systems. I'm doing the same with my company. Um, if you are a member in our community, you get a 100% refund of all the IB profits my company makes, which essentially gives you a 17% trading discount. On, on the fees nice brilliant well look a big thank you to Mario for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here along with all the links are in the show notes to find them simply search for Mario in the search box on tradingnut.com until next time I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success alright there we go folks interview with Mario Hannenberger done and dusted now if you do want to watch the video that we shot after the interview where Mario walks through how he actually enters a position and hopefully we can get the end of the video done before I release this. So if not, it'll be a sort of cut short video based on my computer falling over at the end. Now, um, yeah, please do head over there to the tradingnut.com site and you'll find that video there most interesting. A couple of other things. One is 
hoping to do a webinar where Mario can walk us through uh, his unique, very unique uh, trading prop firm and how it operates. So we've got hopefully got that coming up so i'm just still arranging that please head over to the show notes and you'll find a link if it's up and running yet if not subscribe on the email or one of the youtube uh, one of the social media channels and i'll be sure to get that up so that you guys don't miss out now last but not least oh yes what i said at the start of the show please do post these episodes in your trading groups forums chat rooms whatever it is social media and also, 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 leave a review of the show on whatever app you're on. Guys, come on. Let's have it. All right. I'll see you on the next episode of Trading Nut Doc, uh, Podcast. Or I will see you on the YouTube channel or somewhere else. Uh, all right, guys. See you there. Bye.